Hi, and welcome to Simply Happy Conversations. I'm Narelle King, and in this Simply Happy Conversation, I'm talking with Sarah Cotman, a professional organiser who's been helping people get out from under their piles of clutter and get organised since 2006. She's also a speaker and provides training on professional organising. In this episode, Sarah shares how and why she became a professional organiser, her role in the Channel 9 TV show Space Invaders, and for people who find themselves disorganised and overwhelmed, she shares tips to help you. This conversation is a video recording that you can watch on YouTube. Let's jump into this Simply Happy guest conversation. Welcome to Simply Happy Conversations. I'm Narelle King, wellness and organisational coach and yin and nidra yoga instructor. This podcast will help you create more time using organisational strategies so that you can start to simplify your life and prioritise your health. I'll be sharing conversations with other health and organisational experts and solo episodes with tips to help you simplify your life and prioritise your health. So today on Simply Happy Conversations, I'm talking with Sarah. She's a professional organiser and she has been helping people to get out of clutter since 2016. And I'm terrible with numbers, so I have to look because I couldn't remember the year. 2006. Sorry. Yes, so it's nearly 20 years. Yeah. 20 years. Mm. Welcome, Sarah. Yeah, I've, I've been around for a while now, so I know a thing or two. You do, definitely, around professional organising. And your business is both for professional organising yourself doing some, but also is that professional organisers and helping us, people like me, who are newer to the business. But tell us something that you like to do in your free time. Oh, free time. So I love spending time with the family. So we have three grown-up children and I will spend as much time with them as they will let me. (laughs) So... um, They've turned into really decent human beings, which I'm I'm thrilled about. And they're incredibly likable and lovely. I uh, love spending time in the garden. And I go for a walk every single morning, almost every single morning. I, I've, I, I'm about 99% accurate. We have a Kelpie cross blue healer that um, loves to spend time just walking and running around. So, yeah. They're busy. And are any of the children still living at home with you? Um, yeah, we've, we've got one right at the moment. Um, and I'm, I'm looking around a little bit here. Um, just so, uh, you know, why I'm sounding slightly distracted because I think she's just about to go to work. She's a paramedic. Uh, mm. Oh, right. Okay. Mm. <laughs> well, I've actually got a sign out there for my son to say I'm on a podcast because he'll race in after school and be like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, but surely when you have that sign, it's like, um, it, it's waving a red flag. Come and disturb me as soon as <laughs> no, possible. No, no, no. If I put it there, I'm way better than not having it there at all. Not right, yeah. (laughs) So how did you get into professional organising? So I have ADHD um, and I'm always happy to talk about it because I really struggled. I was organised at work um, but was not organised at home and as each child came along, it became increasingly difficult to stay on top of things at home and by the time the third one came along, I had an epiphany, which anybody organized um, will probably shake their head when they hear this, but anybody who's disorganized will get it. I had the epiphany that if things needed to change, I needed to be the one that created that change. So typical ADHD fashion, did a bit of research, went went down some um, rather interesting avenues, and then realized it starts with me 
and the way I want to be organized at home may be different to other people. And so I needed to take charge at home. And once I was organized, I thought, I've got the kids organized. I have work organized. I've got house organized. I no longer feel useless and helpless because I really, really did. Um, it's about time I share this gift, mostly with people that want it, <laughs> but sometimes with those who may not be quite so willing participants. <laughs> Sorry, I cut you off. So um, it was probably 2004 I started to really think about what should I be doing? My background is contracts management and financial control. What what can I do? What should I be doing? And unfortunately, my father had been unwell and he died. So I needed to fill up some time <laughs> with something that was something I could look forward to. And over the next couple of years, just started looking around, how shall I do this? And thinking I'm the only one that was, you know, becoming a professional organiser. And one day just made that decision, went out, registered the business name um, and wrote as, as an absolute godsend, wrote out all my processes and procedures. And anyone who has ADHD will get this. You don't just instantly do it. So it really was a, a godsend. Just wrote everything out that afternoon. And it was just, it was like it was written for me rather than from my hand. And that's when I started. And because I'd had small business experience, when you meld the two things together, the passion for what you want to do and helping others, and then the experience of small business, the two things went very well together um, to start the, the business that I have. And this was in Australia as well? Uh, this is Australia, um, but I have worked um, right around the world, which is rather nice. <laughs> Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. And so I, I feel a little a little conscious of saying that, but it um interestingly, the things that we have in common as humankind around the world, there's a lot that we have in common with disorganization and overwhelm as well. Oh, that's interesting. That's interesting yeah. to know that. Yeah. It's fascinating. Isn't it? So with the other side then of your business, which is you helping people like myself, professional organisers. How did you get into that and how do you help them get into organising? So it it actually started quite quickly after I'd started the organising business and that was um, I I joined together with a few organisers locally and they were asking me how I was doing things, you know, um, how are you getting clients how do you stay on top of things? How do you manage your appointments? What sort of clients do you have? When you go there, what sort of services do you provide? And I just kept thinking, oh, I don't know, you just do it. Just, yeah. just you know, very ADHD. Just, you just go ahead and do it. You make your mistakes and, and hopefully you don't make major ones on your clients, but you just go ahead and do it. And then I started to realise, okay, people are asking the same questions. So I decided to turn that into a little mentoring service and would go ahead and have some little coffee chats. And the organisers were all asking similar questions. So I thought, okay, recognising patterns, which is a gift we have. Yeah. (laughs) They're asking the same questions. They want the same information. So I started to create just an outline of a document. What would it be like if, if I ran a training on this? And that literally is where it started. And that was 2009. So I ran the first, the first training with the manual all printed up and feeling very excited and very scared at the end of 2009 and got tremendous feedback. Um, and, and my default position is, oh, they must be wrong or they mustn't have done anything <laughs> before. But the, the response continues to be 
um, very positive, and I'm answering the questions, particularly for newbies that come along to the training courses. I'm answering the questions that they want to ask or they've tried to work out for themselves and they haven't found the answer because what I find is people are coming into the business with a passion to help people, a passion and an understanding of if you are organised and if you get things sorted and systematic at home, life can be much more pleasurable. So with that passion, they start the business without the thought of, how will I run the business? Mm. When I offer a service, how will I be able to actually front up with that? Um, what do I put in place to make sure that I'm protected? And what do I put in place to make sure that my would-be clients are protected as well? And so it all started off um, with that. And that's then moved on to, I, I do quite a lot of mentoring with um I don't know quite what the term is. I, I go between veteran organisers and then there's old organisers, which doesn't <laughs> sound too good. It sounds like they're on the way out, and I suppose I could be an old organiser. Um, so veteran, master, but those that have been in business for a while, especially after COVID, we've all had a very difficult time, and I think there's still a lot of fallout from that, um, Getting trying to get back into perhaps the way things were. But the world's changed and we have changed and sometimes we have a new normal with that. Yeah. And did you find, so when you started your courses, were they in person? They were or were they online? Oh, no, they're, they're in person and that's purely a selfish measure on my part. Yeah. I love people. I love um, to have discussions. I sometimes like to take things maybe a little too far, you know, asking a question and, and then making it probably a little, little difficult. What happens if this, you know, terrible thing happens? So they're face-to-face and I always keep the groups very small. They're designed that way so that the participant comes in immediately starts to engage and ask the questions they want to, creating a very safe space because we all feel like the question that we're just about to ask is a silly question and that that nobody else would ask something as ridiculous as that. And as soon as that person asks that question safely, you will see all the other participants going, oh, thank goodness she asked that. You know, I'm I'm so glad they asked that. So Keep them small. Um, it would be a very rare day to have any more than eight in those groups. Yeah. And so did this also lead into the your involvement in the IPO? I see I'm terrible with this. IOPO. Yeah. Institute of Professional <laughs> Organisers. Organizers, yes. Yeah, so we found ourselves um, 2017, late 2016, that there were a lot of organisers basically with no united, inclusive space to be in. Um, And I think particularly with, even though I've been an organiser for 20 years, it's considered an emerging industry. Mm. So in an emerging industry, you need to stick together and there needs to be standards that are created um, to make sure that we're all singing, what is it, singing from the same hymn book? Uh, I think I've mixed my metaphors. But something where we can raise professional standards, somewhere where potential homeowners that want to be organised can go knowing and understanding the type of product and service that they're going to get. So the Institute of Professional Organisers started in um, 2017. So we've just celebrated six years. Um, There's a board of advisors. There are seven of us. 
Um, very, very enthusiastic women um, and professional organisers across uh, Australia and New Zealand, which are mainly the organisers that we represent. Uh, 99% female that we deal with mainly. So um, we would love a few more blokes um, because you can add a different dynamic in in the mix when you've got a bloke around. Oh, wouldn't that be great to have that that comment? Yeah, they they come and they go. Um, If they're intimidated by, you know, a huge amount of women, (laughs) Um, there's been some good strapping lads in that have contributed enormously to the conversation. Um, But IOPO was established to basically advocate for professional organisers to make sure that we're an established industry um, with standards uh, and with pesky little things like insurance policies that actually represent and cover us for what we actually do as organisers. So, yeah, I'm busy. You are very busy. And as, you know, a member, I love the group and the association because I feel really supported and am able to go and ask those silly questions or any questions and don't feel judged and just have had an amazing amount of support because sometimes there are tricky situations that come up and it's, it's great to have a group to be able to share and talk with other people who relate to the situations that you've gone yeah. through because generally someone has had something along the same lines happen mm-hmm. to them too. Yeah. And it's, I think it's really important while most professional organising businesses, and I'm certainly not saying all because there is a, a, a growing trend now and has been for the last three years, for these to turn into not one person micro businesses, but actually established business with the employees. And we need, we need somewhere where if we're feeling isolated as a business person in, in um a profession, we need somewhere to go and ask those questions. Because sometimes, you know, I, sometimes I'll, I'll go away from a job and think, oh, I think I did a good job. Uh, you know, what, what could I have done better? Um, I, I want to improve. I, ne- I need to ask a question. And for me in particular, I love to talk. Um, so being able to actually have a conversation, not just, you know, feed it into a machine and get a machine response, but to listen to the wealth of experience and skill in that group and say, what would you have done? You know, yeah. how would you have handled that better? Is there something that you can see that I could do to improve that service um, or possibly is there something that you could see that I should not do again? Yeah, definitely. Yes, I completely agree with you. So what about your, so we'll just move on to your third role then that you've got is your role on Channel 9 TV show Space Invaders. So how did that come about and what was your role on the show? Is there a new series about to come out? Um, yes, uh, I'm not going to be involved in the next one. So uh, there's there's mixed feelings. The the team are amazing, and I've worked with the fabulous Mr. Walsh for um, quite a few years now. I think maybe eleven or twelve. Uh, delightfully, um, Peter asked me if I would be involved, um, which is a very nice situation <laughs> to be in. The role on the show was um, as an organizer. Um, overseeing the um, items coming out of the house, um, going back into the house, making sure that nothing got lost on the way, having a look at organising solutions, what sort of storage solutions, which is that's where my passion is, Um, what sort of solutions can we do for the homeowners? And it is a very 
different way of organizing. So when we go as professional organizers to a client's home, um, we're looking generally at what the situation is now and how they would like it to be. Mm. And you're working within a budget. And sometimes that budget is very small, which is absolutely fine because as professional organizers, we're also resourceful. So what is it that we can use or repurpose? Working on the TV show, um, you've got time limits. Um, It has to be done in a a specific time. You are not working on your own and making decisions on your own. You're working in a team, and that can be up to 30 people. So, you know, even having the items and making a plan of where they're going to go once the renovations have been done, you're still working around maybe 15 or 20 people to get that stuff in and then directing people um, because I can point really well um, and direct really well. You put that over there. Oh, yes, please, because I can get very task focused. So (laughs) the the please mostly is remembered. So it's a very different um, situation. And I have really thoroughly enjoyed it because of the people that I work with, the passion of the people that I've worked with, um, and also the the bravery and the courage of the homeowners because oh, that's kind of a big deal to open yeah. your door and say, hey, let's just put the spotlight on all the stuff that I feel I'm doing wrong. Yeah, And that's, you know, it, it, it's a lot more scrutiny than the average person when you as a professional organiser knock on the door and say, you know, hi, Jane, I've come yeah. to help. Yeah, mm. yeah, it's not broadcast to the whole TV, is it? Uh, no, and generally people don't want that. So no, you turn up with a camera crew behind you, no matter how lovely the camera crew is, yeah. <laughs> um, they they would not be happy. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't no. done it yet. Could be a new <laughs> kind of TV show. <laughs> and even just imagine t- taking everything out of everyone's house, as much as you'd love to do that sometimes, like it, you just don't. And that must be such a huge amount of work and so confronting yeah. for the families as well. Oh, it is. And I, I, I guess too, the, the, the other thing that's a, a huge difference is when we as professional organisers go into um, our clients' homes, there's been a fair amount of prep. So we've asked some questions on the phone Um We've explained as well as we can in a, in a variety of ways of what it is that we're going to do as professional organisers. And we may even on that first visit decide where to start. When you go into a home for the TV show, there's a lot of prep work that's already done. So the homeowners know what areas are going to be done. They are fully vetted, I guess, is the the best way to do it. And it's not the same way for us going in as solo businesses or maybe with one or two um, staff members uh, directing in that way. So you turn up on the the TV show knowing what you're going to do and the, the homeowners have been fully prepped. They know the stages. They know where they're going to be and on what day they're going to be there. So, they, they you know, there's a certain amount I say certain, there's a lot of trust that Mm. they put into um, Space Invaders or or whatever TV show there is. And so for us on the show, we have to be true to our words. So if we say something's going to get done or something is not going to get done, we need to make sure that that happens. So that requires a huge amount of management. And did you have input with the actual family yourself? Or yes, you, were, you did a lot. Yeah. Oh, that would have been great. Yeah. So we get to know them. I, I um, have you got a favorite and favorite job? Um, 
Yeah. <laughs> there's there's a few standout um standout ones and I think uh one of the most enjoyable ones were a couple of guys, Luke and David, I really should have looked this up. Sorry. Um, no, I'm just throwing you an extra it, question. Yeah. No, if they're listening, um, you're so important to me. That they, uh, they had a really interesting story and walking into the home, it was very eclectic style. There was a lot of English memorabilia on the walls um, and the, the, one of the guys was a scout and my father was a king scout, the last, the last king scout, and... You know, I really, really enjoyed that. Um, and, th- and now all of them are flooding in and I'm thinking, gosh, actually, they're all my favourite. They they were a standout. Um, and I think actually possibly the very first episode, so season one, episode one of Space Invaders, and I'm, I'm trying to think of something sensible to say. I think there were so many things. They were brilliant homeowners, absolutely lovely homeowners, but also the excitement of... Um, working in this new team, establishing, you know, who's doing what and starting to create that shorthand that you get when you've worked with people for a while. Um, And just, yeah, just having those people back together because a lot of us have worked together on the living room. Oh, yes. Yep. Yep. So, um, yeah, I've I've really enjoyed it. It's been an absolute blast. Um, But now it's time for something new. Something new. Oh, So then maybe just take us back in organising some tips on why and how do people find themselves disorganised and in clutter? So many reasons. (laughs) Um, I'm going to talk about this, I think, a little differently um, because it it was something that has meant so much to me to assist me to get organised. And I tell this to clients and I I tell this to professional organisers as well. When you're a homeowner and you feel disorganized and everything's out of control and everything's overwhelmed and you find it difficult to prioritize because everything's important, which actually means nothing is important, but it's so emotional. And a way to think of it as a homeowner is instead of it being a home, think of it like a department shop. So think of it like David Jones and that you're the concierge, you're the information person. So what's a logical place? You know, if somebody came up to your front desk and, and asked you where, where the socks are, where is a logical place to keep socks? And again, if anybody organizes listening to this, you know, that's a ridiculous thing to say, but from someone who is very disorganized and they're not able to keep up with the washing and everything feels like they're walking in treacle and it's difficult and they feel useless and hopeless, start thinking of it in a different way. It doesn't mean that you're going to throw everything away because, you know, an empty department store is useless. Mm-hmm. It's not no help to anyone. And you want your your house and your belongings to be a home and a sanctuary. So if you think of it in a different way and try and take that emotion out, the decisions on where to put things and the volume of those things becomes a lot easier to manage. Mm, definitely. It is, isn't it? Yes, mm. I love that, the department store. And I just think of the client I've just come from and we have literally set up a department store in oh, really? her, like not really, but just in yeah. our back area, going yeah. through boxes and boxes and boxes of things that were in her garage. It's taken 
what are we at now? Eight months now. And just oh, wow. you know, plodding along, you know, two hours a week and yeah. yeah, setting up all the clear boxes with all the things. Like today oh. we just saw all of her school books, like notes, yes. stories, but that was yep. in a mix of all sorts of things. So it was really nice to be able to now say, here's the department store of yes. all of your memories. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yes. And then when you've got all that together, then you can be much more discerning yes. on what to keep because I, I think especially when when you are a little neurospicy, you do have the ADHD, it's like, well, I know there's something somewhere. And that's why mm, yes. I really enjoy doing whole home organizing. And that's that's where my bliss is, going into a client's home and doing the whole thing because there's nothing lurking about in a garage or a spare room or in the roof or, you know, in a garage underneath. Everything's dealt with. And the the joy and relief, and, and it's an interesting thing, the joy and the relief for the client, some is immediately available to them. I've done the job. Mm. But I think it's only about 40% because it's going to take them at least a year to rely on the fact that everything is done and to not have the, the second thought of, oh, I, I won't put that away because I'll never find it again. Well, yes. hang on. Yes. Let's yes. take a deep breath. I know that I've got a space for that. I'm going to follow through on this and I, I'm just going to trust in the work that I've done. Mm. Yeah. So, um you know that that getting out of those those panicky, overwhelming habits takes a long time. The the relief is immediate, but only a portion of that relief. It takes a long time to get on top of that. It does, doesn't it? And one of the things that I found really useful for this particular client are those QR codes that we put on each oh, of the yeah. So we used a label, but we also have added the QR code. So on her phone now, she just searches whatever it is craft she's very lots of craft searches yeah. and she's like I know where it is it's in the box there's a photo of the box <laughs> in the room and she's like I just love this so it's actually motivated her to continue the process brilliant now she knows that she can find anything she wants anywhere yeah. in the house because and you've obviously handled that really well like you've managed that situation yeah. really well because yeah. she's had the trust to understand and believe that you know what you're talking about and you've had the um, commitment to her to make sure that she does understand she mm-hmm. they understand um yeah. how to go about it and then trusting in that process so um nice job oh, thank you so i have one last question because you oh, just yes. touched on it so neurospicy so what do you think the benefits of hiring a neurodivergent professional organizer is then Oh, so many. <laughs> okay, We're a little so, bit biased, aren't we? <laughs> oh, look, only about 90%. We notice details, uh, and I say that's a collective royal we. We notice details that other people don't. Um, so uh, I, I will notice patterns, um, routines. Uh, so hiring, <laughs> hiring somebody with a touch of neurospiciness uh, you'll often get very creative ways to solve problems. Um, so there's not there is not one way to do something. And certainly as an organizer walking in saying there's only one way and this is the only way to deal with it, um, not terribly helpful for the person at the receiving end of that. So there are lots of different ways that we can provide solutions for things that aren't necessarily run of the mill. Um, and certainly, oh dear, I'm not going to like this. They're not necessarily Instagram worthy. 
but that oh, doesn't no. matter. <laughs> the important thing is that it works and it can be repeated and it's consistent. So yeah, it's neurospicy all the way. And I haven't met an ADHD person that has run out of energy yet. No, definitely not. That's probably, <laughs> and I have to be careful when I go into clients because yes. I am really, yay. So I love when they share that they're actually um, ADHD. I'm like, oh, we can get so much done in yeah. two hours. Yeah. Uh, that we probably, it would have otherwise been maybe four hours with someone else because yeah. they just yeah. pick up that energy and you keep going and you body double, double really well. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's that, great. um, that is another, another podcast that you must do on body I double. Did, I should. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's so it's such a good topic for yeah. people that don't know about it. So please find someone that's a specialist and talk to them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you so much, Sarah, for your time. How can people connect with you? And find um, probably the best way uh, on Instagram. So uh, Sarah Cotman underscore organizer with an S. It's spelt properly for those of you listening outside of Australia, UK, and New Zealand. That is an S, not a Z. Um, oh gosh, sorry, just show my heritage. So I post on there most days. I share um, my walk photos with the dog, um, with the hopes to inspire people to get out and have a walk and to exercise their mind as well as their body. And what about the website then? What's the best oh, website? Oh, website, same thing, sarahcotman.com. And from there, you can get into the organizing website. You can get into the training website. And you can also find a bit about if you want to have me speak somewhere because I can yes. speak till midnight. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your time with us today. Thanks so much, Narelle. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you so much for joining me for today's Simply Happy Conversation. If you enjoyed this episode, then I'd really appreciate it if you could leave a review. This helps others find it who are also looking for tips and organizational strategies to simplify their life and prioritize their health. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe so that you won't miss future episodes. You can also connect with me over at simplyhappy.com.au. I'd like to acknowledge the Wathaurong people of the Kulin Nation on which this podcast is recorded as the traditional custodians of the land. I pay my respects to their elders, past, present and emerging.